0: Hi, I'm Leanne Blaney, adventure coach, speaker, and award-winning author. Welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast, where we are having conversations about what might be holding you back and how to move forward to achieve your dream life. Come along on a journey and set yourself up by having freedom in your choices, becoming grounded and centered, and learn how to speak from the heart. For more information, go to leanneblaney.com. Let's ignite your life. Throughout her life, Helen Revens has relied on her intuitive wisdom. It was following her inner voice that led her into the world of coaching in two thousand and four. Helen became Hong Kong's first fearless living life coach, which enabled her to launch a coaching practice fearless in life. Hi, Helen, welcome to the Ignite Your Life podcast. Hi, Leon. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome, and I'm really excited today about talking about fearless living, which you know is really interesting, and I love that you're a fearless living coach so First of all, do you want to let the listeners know a little bit more about you and how you got to where you are today?
1: Oh, well, I'm originally from the UK. I live in Hong Kong now. I started life as a teacher, a food and nutrition teacher, and was always passionate about self development and ended up picking up a book at the airport in Australia, actually, called Fearless Loving. That title jumped out at me and I couldn't put that book down and read it in about 24 hours on the whole journey home to Hong Kong and then thought wow I'd like to actually work with a fearless living coach and I started to think about maybe I'd like to train as a fearless living coach and it just went from there and I ended up reading the fearless living book because there's a fearless living and a fearless loving book and um, hired a coach to work with loved the work it's so simple but so life-changing that I decided I wanted to train to be a fearless living life coach as well so that was back in 2004 that I did my training yeah
0: wow And carried awesome. on
1: teaching yeah. um, and now I'm full-time in my business as a health coach yet I still use you know the fearless living tools um, to help people with their mindset did that
0: moment when you actually read the book, is that when you became a coach? Were, what were you doing before that?
1: Oh, I've always, I've been a teacher. I've been a, a teacher my whole career pretty much. Um, so when I read the book, I was teaching in Hong Kong full time. Um, but just just loved the tools and what I was learning so much that I was like, everybody needs this. I was just like, everybody needs this. Everybody can benefit from a bit of fearless living and having these tools so it just really inspired me to want to train and, and start coaching clients so i always had usually about two or three clients you know part-time whilst i was working full-time as a teacher yeah and eventually um a year ago went well went fully self-employed so what actually appealed to you about the fearless
0: living was it something that you were going through at the time or is it a sort of way of living that you think
1: well everyone needs to do this because we are living in such fearful times um the main the main motivation for for being attracted to fearless living and fearless lobbying was that i had um basically cancelled my wedding and uh, broken off with my fiance in 1999 when i landed in hong kong and I was very conscious that if I was going to get into a new relationship, I didn't want to repeat the mistakes from the past. And I wanted to do some real kind of deep soul searching and just understand myself better. And, you know, things like how to communicate more effectively, how to put healthy boundaries in place, all those kind of things. And the book just really spoke to me. And I thought, wow, you know. I want to work with a coach and get more clarity on all of these things and then help other people do the same, yeah. So that was mm-hmm. what motivated me to, to read the book, um, Fearless Loving. And i just started at that time dating a new guy, and I was like, oh, this is really scary, dating again. <laughs> yeah. Do you find that something that
0: society or the communities are not living this beautiful big life because there is so much fear out there about things, about making mistakes again or getting hurt,
1: things like that are like common themes. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. It's that whole feeling when you've fallen off the horse and you're in pain, getting back on the horse is challenging. You just, you know, it, it, it takes a lot of courage. Um, but with the right tools and the right support, it's totally possible and, it's, I think for me it's about knowing that you know you will be you will be really happy again and you know you can move forward um if you know how but sometimes you feel stuck so that's where a, a really good life coach comes in to help move you forward and even I have my own life coach when i need her she's there you know i, I can be I can go months or even years without calling her and then something happens and i'm like Debbie, I need a session. <laughs> it's really helpful to have someone just to talk
0: about it who understands what's going on, isn't it? Because sometimes when you are, as you said, stuck, yeah, you, you can't really see a way out. And the choice the choices just don't seem to be there. And just having that person to help you with the tools, like you say, because there are a lot of different tools out there. But finding yeah. a tool that works for you to go, okay, now I can see a way forward. That's that's yeah. really empowering, isn't it? Yeah. So what sort of tools do you think have helped you like get past it? Like, you said you had the relationship breakdown, and you were dating a new yeah. person. What
1: sort of tools did helped you along the way? Well, in Fearless Living, we have something called the four no's. So the four no's are really great. They're they just everyday tools that can help you. And one of them is um, no expectations. And for, for yourself and the listeners listening to me say this, it's really hard to have no expectations and it's very human to have expectations. Yet when you go through a life coaching um, journey with your coach or you read the book, Fearless Living, it gets you to see that when you have expectations, oftentimes these are what we call silent contracts because they're just your expectations and you haven't even made any agreements with that other person that this is what you'd like to see or have in the relationship. So it gets you to see, oh, yeah, I've got an expectation there. And that's something I would like, but I haven't even asked for it. So if that doesn't happen, I'm going to be disappointed. But I haven't even set my relationship up powerfully to get my needs met and to see if my partner actually is willing to meet that need. So it gets you just really seeing where you've got the expectations coming up and then let go of them and make requests and, you know, think about, what you'd actually like to see happen instead of just having an expectation that's a silent contract that you've never discussed with the person it works in friendships as well and you know in all your family relationships when you're you know you might have mum or dad might have expectations of you and you're like you know that's an expectation and that's not really fair for you to put that upon me if I haven't agreed to it and it gets you just more able to like have conversations where you put healthy boundaries in place and you can help other people see that they've had an expectation of you that was nothing to do with you. It was all their stuff and you never agreed to it. Yeah, so I love that one. That's a big one, isn't it?
0: Because um, when, you're, when you're talking about that, expectations is kind of like the boundaries as well. It's You can have expectations, you can have boundaries, but if you don't communicate them, how does anyone know how to live by these? Mm, yeah. And, when I'm working with clients and we're putting healthy boundaries in place, I, I make sure that it's very important for them to know that you need to communicate this. You can't suddenly have these boundaries and people go, well, why are you differently? Why are you acting differently? And they don't, they don't yeah. even know. And so they can you know, be quite, you know, I suppose upset as a word, you know, for what, what you're actually doing, unless you communicate. So I think the communication there would be very important as well. But when mm-hmm. you say no expectations, um, explain to me a bit more about, Is it like just not having those expectations, just letting things flow? What does it actually look look like?
1: Well, think of a simple example Um, might be that, you know, you're dating somebody and you have an expectation that you have a proper date night once a week. But in their mind, they don't feel that that's necessary and they think it's okay to just, like, stay home and watch a movie on the sofa and that's, in your mind, that's not a date night. But in their mind, it might be. So it's about you know then saying, actually, you know, once a week, a proper a proper date night to me looks like this. And then you tell them what it looks like, and you know, would you be willing to have a proper date night with me? And see if they're willing, because they might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about testing out that person's willingness to to meet you where you're at or not, to see whether you're a good fit as a couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I love that. Yeah. And what about the other no's? You said there were a couple more?
1: Yeah, so there's no excuses. And um, the no excuses helps us see where we are making excuses for ourselves and others. And uh, that's where you can actually, you know, make again, make requests or just see more clearly that you're making stuff up and it's not necessarily true. You know, like uh, one of my main excuses, and I saw this when I did my own Fearless Living training is I always say that I don't have time. I don't have time, don't have time for this, don't have time for that. And of course we've all got the same amount of time, 24 hours a day. It's about what you're committed to and what your priorities are and we will always make time for what we're committed to and what our priorities are so if i'm saying oh i don't have time to go to the gym well i have to question my commitment to going to the gym is it really there or not or am i pretending and making an excuse so it it stops you pretending when you really kind of get to see that a lot of the things we're saying as our reasons why we cannot why we can't do something often are excuses but we think they're real
0: it's something that I do find a lot of people when you talk them why aren't you moving forward why aren't you getting a coach why aren't you getting help whatever it is and it always comes down to time or money (laughs) those two things And time is the biggest one where they I just have fun time I work I do all this I'm so busy and society loves it when you say you're busy because you get significance from that but as you say, it's really down to what are you prioritising? If somebody yeah. feels sick in your family, you would find time to be with them or help them out, even though you are so busy. So yeah. why aren't you finding time for these other things instead of having this excuse of time? So I do find that one is a big one that comes up.
1: Definitely, yeah, yeah. And one of the other no's is uh, no beating yourself up. <laughs> yeah, Because, again, you know, our negative self-talk can really sabotage us and make us feel pretty low. So when you catch yourself beating yourself up emotionally and doing that, um, one of the sort of antidotes for that that Fearless Living uses is acknowledgements. So you just go, no, I'm not going to have that beating myself up conversation. What can I acknowledge myself for instead? And it trains you to, to acknowledge yourself and give yourself your own little pats on the back about what you are doing and what you are achieving, et cetera.
0: Yeah. I've definitely had times myself when that negative voice comes in and you think, oh, God, why did I do that? I know that doesn't yeah. align with my values. I mean, being a coach now, we can say it's not aligning with our values. We know that's why we get that sick feeling in our stomach if we do <laughs> or make yeah. that decision. But, you know, you start it, beating yourself up and luckily – when you get help from someone, you can start going, okay, it's a muscle I need to build of catching myself when this starts to happen. Because yeah. Yeah, it does happen to a lot of us. And I'll generalize and say, you know, all of us have this inner voice that can sometimes start being a bit negative. It's just when mm. you catch yourself, isn't it? And how you actually go about going, hey, I yeah.
1: don't need to do that. I'm yeah.
0: actually doing this
1: or I've actually achieved this. So, yeah. Yeah. And the, the, the final no is uh, no complaining. And what I love is the distinction between venting versus complaining. We all need a healthy venting session from time to time. Yet, if we stay in the mode of talking about something continuously complaining about it, then that actually is very negative because it doesn't move you forward and it just keeps you stuck in a complaining loop, which drains you. Your, your positive energy. So, the what we use as our strategy for that is gratitudes instead. So, it's like, what can you be grateful for? Um, and we'll also, you know, when I'm giving a client permission to vent, we vent for like maximum ten minutes, and then I say, well, what are you committed to in this situation? What are you willing to do about it? And you know, it's not about staying in the complaining mode. It's about taking action to shift to shift the situation yeah and um and being grateful as well being grateful for the learning that you can do by having the situation that you're complaining about
0: definitely yeah it's really important to have that gratitude i found over the years my partner and i when we go walk the dog after a day of work you know get it out of your system now vent 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 for each of us we do it we come back, yeah. it's all on you, and then we go start, you know, we cook dinner together, we just go on with being yeah. really positive And and I think gratitude, although it's talked a lot, it really is so powerful, isn't it? It's it's something that you know, fear and doubt and things can't exist when you're in that state of gratitude. If you yeah. can really be yeah. so positive and think, I am so lucky, so grateful for these things that the kind of things that you were complaining about just really get minimized, don't they? And you just can't, can
1: move on. Yeah, that's right. It's like people complain about the weather a lot, um, especially British people. <laughs> They're always complaining about the rain because we have a lot of rain in the UK. I do understand that the weather is quite poor. Um, yet at the same time, I love the rain. So I'm always like, yay, it's raining. We need the water. So I'm always grateful for the water. I love a good storm but a lot of people just make it mean the weather's bad well how can weather be bad weather's just weather (laughs) you know it's all about how you frame it isn't it in your mind how you look at it the lens you look through as you look at life yeah that's for sure so when you work
0: with people and they start addressing these things how is their life looking differently like what does fearless
1: living actually mean Well, it's, it's, it's kind of like tools and strategies to give you the confidence to go anywhere, meet anyone and do anything that you feel you'd like to do. Yeah. You know, I had a client that when I met her, she had just been told by her husband that he wanted to divorce her. And it was their 25th wedding anniversary. And she was absolutely devastated. She didn't know how she was going to move forward with her life. And Um, it took time and she did Fearless Living with me for about two years and now she's a Fearless Living Life coach and a published author and a really dynamic, successful lady. Um, But for her to imagine getting to that place was absolutely impossible when she first got the news that her husband was leaving her.
0: Yeah. It's something that, you know, if we get stuck in the past – and then our present is just totally negative. It's really hard to visualize that future, isn't it? Or to be living that yeah. life. Oh, I should be living this life and all these shoulds and come in. And then we go, all this shame comes in and then we put all this pressure on ourselves. So, so I like how you talk about that. If we have these tools, then we can sort of, okay, address what's going on for us and then work out, hey, there is a life out there. And then I think the really yeah. important step is not just visualizing it. It's actually living it, isn't it? It's taking yeah. the next steps. I mean, that's one thing why I'm a bucket list coach is because I want people to get out there and and live and actually say see it not as something as when they die, when they've got more time or money. Yeah, It's living it now. It's doing what you want to do on a daily basis.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So what do you suggest for the listeners, um, I suppose, as first steps if they are feeling a bit stuck or they're feeling like they're, they're not brave enough to look inside? What, what's some sort of first steps they could do?
1: We always talk about baby steps being important. And if you imagine, you know, one step, we've got this visual that's like a target where we call it, you know, stretch, risk and die. And and a stretch would be obviously easier to do than a risk or a die. So you start thinking about, you know, what would I like to have look different? What do I think are the possible steps to get from A to B? And what's a small thing that I could push myself to do that might feel a bit risky, but it's not, um, sorry, it's a stretch, but it's not like a risk or a die feeling. And you start taking little stretches and bit by bit, you can do risky stuff. and, And then eventually you can be in the die zone, but make a choice to do something you really want to do, even though you're really, really scared but you can feel that fear and do it anyway. So fearless living doesn't take the fear away. That's not possible. We're always going to have fear, but your relationship with fear changes and you learn to be able to push through fear and act on your commitment despite the fear.
0: One of the the first coaches I had, I think, oh, would have been maybe nine, 10 years ago, talked about living in the comfort zone and being a boredom zone, but to get think of it as the elastic band in the middle and just stretch it just a little bit outside that comfort yeah. a little bit more and I found that it's been the most effective thing for me yeah because at the stage I was in a really bad place where I couldn't see a future just to be able to move forward and get that yeah. to go yeah I can see myself getting bigger and bigger and it didn't have to be those big risky things it's like bucket listing people go oh jumping out of a plane or doing a marathon I said, no. that is something if you want to do that but if you want to start off do the little things just be able to walk five kilometers or something or it doesn't have to be physical it could make your first drawing if you've you know always wanted to draw it's just whatever it is that sings to you so i love the little
1: steps yeah baby steps are really important yeah and then acknowledging yourself for the baby steps you know do you find that um
0: I suppose people don't acknowledge themselves enough these days. We don't no. celebrate our successes or reward ourselves for when things go right. It's always, no. oh, let's move on to the next thing and you forget to actually yeah. just
1: take a moment. Well, one of the strategies that we used in training was we had a, like a, a book, a journal, and we had to write down three acknowledgements and three gratitudes every day as a minimum, three to five, and that was for three months. So once you've done it every day for three months, I actually find myself, I don't write it down anymore, but I find myself just doing it in my head every day. What what are my gratitudes and what what can I acknowledge myself for? And I usually do it when I'm falling asleep at the end of a day and just reflecting on my day when I'm lying in bed. And I find that that works really well because it's just my time to be grateful and give myself a little pat on the back. And then you feel good when you're falling to sleep.
0: Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. Well, Helen, thank you so much for talking with me about Fearless Living. I love it. I love um, all the advice you've given. Thank you so much for sharing that and your story. If our listeners want to find out a little bit more about you or contact you, where's the best place for them to go?
1: Well, my website's um, nurtureyourlife.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook at nurtureyourlife Inc. or Instagram at nurtureyourlife. Life. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you so much to you too. It's been a real pleasure.
0: Igniters, how great are the four no's that Helen explained? If you want to know more, go to her website, nurtureyourlife.com. For more about living a bucket list life, go to my website, leanneblaney.com.